get ready for Unriveted Radio on Super Talk 1270. Now, here's Travis Feist and Rob McLeod. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Unriveted, a Dakota Customs original podcast. I'm your host, Travis Feist, and with me, as always, is my general manager, my co-host, Rob McLeod. What's up, you're Rob? Not, you're not even going to put best pal, oh, best buddy? Best, bestest, we'll bestie. Keep, we'll keep it professional. <laughs> yeah. But good morning, guys. Uh, well, we know how we stand, Rob. We do. That's yeah. all that, that's all that matters. Yeah, we yeah. we know where our relationship stands. Yeah, nobody and, else need to know, but yeah, you and, and me. And no, I'm not going to let you ride my bike, so I don't care how much besties we are. You're still going to keep asking. You, know, you can try. Uh, today's... Uh, episode we have a, a really good uh, guest on um, that we're going to be talking to his name is Steve Hamilton he is the uh, CEO of uh, SD wheel and um, we will be bringing him in on the show here in just a little bit we'll be asking him some questions and uh, some of his accomplishments and what and where he's gotten to in life with with SD wheel so yeah might have to keep the the shop run down short because I'm sure Steve's time's worth like a million dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, probably a lot more than ours. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, shop talk a little bit. I know uh, we have we had the El Zago car show here. Uh, what was it? Two weekends ago already? You know? Yeah, Saturday before last. And, yeah. Um, right out of the gate, it was extremely good. Um. Good crowd. Saturday was a really good crowd. Yeah. Um, that first couple hours of the show, um, a lot of good correspondence to the people mm-hmm. that showed up and um, said that show was at the same level as it was the year before. It just It's always a great turnout. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of walk through, um, a lot of good cars, a lot of nice cars. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice that they don't allow the same cars to come back every year. It kind of keeps the you know the, the showcase level at a premium. Right, you know, you're not just looking at the same cars every single year. So, mm-hmm. and I do want to you know take my hat off to the crew with the Alzago. I mean, they were more than yeah, they killed it. Awesome to work with. They yeah. were more than helpful. Uh, you know, and again for their second car show that they put together, their organization was pretty phenomenal. They're, you know, so they had a routine. They got a lot of cars in. They got a lot of cars out uh, on a timely matter. It was, I think they did a really good job. So again, you know, my hat's off to those guys. Great group of people to work with. So Yeah, it takes some weight off us. Yeah. Those car shows can get a little stressful. So Yeah, um, especially when it's storming and snowing. Yeah. Man, that was that was a chore. <laughs> Nothing like trying to get your car, Definitely. six of them out when it's blizzarding. and It was a lot, so but it went all right. Yeah, but we got it. So And then getting ready for our upcoming, I believe it's, what, April 4th that weekend? First. Is it first? First, second? Freedom Riders. Yeah. I'm trying to look here, see what that our, first, uh, the first weekend in April. grand re-debut. Yep. There. The first and second, mm-hmm. yeah, is the Freedom Riders, uh, what is it, I think the 40-something bike show. Yeah, so we're going to be, we're getting, we're putting a bike together right now at that blue 22 Road Glide. Uh, we're finishing up that we're going to have it there at the bike show, and uh, we'll be debuting that. And then one of our old, one that we did for a customer back in 
The big show, 07 Road King. Yeah, that one, what, four? I didn't think. Four years ago, I think I did that one. So that one's coming back. We'll have that one there. Didn't think you could top that bike, but this Road Glide is looking like you might. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, I've I've said this before, but I, you know, I appreciate everybody that comes into my business and gives us the opportunity to work on, you know, their projects, you know, no matter what it is, if it's bike, car, railing, trailers, I mean, we've done side-by-side, four-wheelers, it, mm-hmm. we've done it all, you know, and I appreciate, but when you get that, when you get that customer that brings that brand new bike or that brand new car that's just right from the dealership, I don't know, it just puts an extra smile on my face, you know, I love that kind of, you can just take a brand new something and tear it down and, and make it unique, it's, it's a whole different kind of a feeling. Definitely. Yeah. But, um, Steve, you into, you into bikes, Harleys at all? No, my, my, I've been with my, my wife forever. Like she was 15, 16 when I met her and she knows the way that I drove early on. And she said <laughs> she will never allow me to get a bike. And like, I didn't even argue it cause she was right. Like I knew that if I yeah. got a bike, so have you, it's, it's, it's a matter of my, my own life and being in my hands because of the sure. way that I drive and handle it. And I wouldn't be able to just cruise. I'd have to go. Oh, I'd yeah. be the idiot doing wheelies on yeah. the highway. You know, that's you know, it's that's a thing with these beggars. Like there's so many different directions that you can go. You know, you can do the full custom and and low and mean and, and just cruise around or you can leave it bone stock or you can tighten everything up and get tons of power and a lot of torque and just pull wheelies and do burnouts and you yeah. know, it's it's different avenues and I'll tell you what, each one is pretty fulfilling. Yeah. So have you ever have you ever tried Steve or just no intention to even get on a bike? I a Honda Ruckus. I don't know if you know uh, the Ruckus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah you can get uh, rowdy on those. Even even that thing, I'm cruising down my 25 mile an hour street at 40, and I'm like I'm going on like busy roads near me that I'm not I'm not supposed to be going on a 55 mile an hour like small highway, and like I'm out there cruising and then like. I can't find the helmet. So like, I, I already see myself acting like an idiot with this. Little right. yeah. It's just really best that I don't get into anything more powerful than that. Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and it brings me to a, a story and I always like to tell a story. I got stories, but yeah, you do. I remember this was quite a few years ago. Uh, we did a run with our local open road. It's a Honda dealership here. And they had this, uh, uh, one of their, uh, like annual memorial run kind of a deal. And the, the owner had a souped up ruckus. Like, I don't remember what size it was, but it was a stock, but it was a, it, it was it stretched, a, wasn't it? No, it was, it was a basic stock, but it was one of their higher. So I don't know like what model it was, but it was their higher end sure. top model. And we went on this ride and I, I'm not kidding you, Steve, we were cruising, you know, we're with our Harleys, you know, 70, 75 was, you know, cruising. And this guy passed us. On wow. this ruckus, and with his knees tucked in, his arms tucked in, and he just like oh, the Jetsons wow. just whizzed right by us. And I thought, wow, you know, the nerve That's that somebody would have to be cruising with a ruckus yeah. with, you know, at that kind of speed. But you know what, man, he was happy. He was all proud. And man, he <laughs> flew by us like we were doing 20 mile an hour. And I thought, man, That's, that's insane. Yeah. So never Hello. underestimate the ruckus. Honda, agreed yeah <laughs> great little vehicle yeah, yeah but yeah. maybe uh we should get a little uh little backstory on steve so if yeah. you want to give us that rundown steve so tell us a little yeah. something about you steve um i can let you start wherever and however you want 
Yeah, and it's it's funny that you 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 brought us up as SD wheel, and that's how I know that someone's like in the business, not an enthusiast, but in the business that deals with similar suppliers and and is is doing the same thing we are because there we're known as SD wheel. Everywhere else, it's custom offsets, fitment industries, uh, and then the other companies. Like those are our big brands, but SD wheel is like the purchasing arm. That's that's what everybody has yeah. on their check when they get paid. But the brands that people really resonate with and know is custom offsets for trucks, fitment industries for cars. And um, so I started this all in 2003. I was 19 years old and I was um, working out of my mom's apartment, actually. And I, I was looking for wheels for a 94 Z28 that I had, bought some locally, wanted to upgrade them. For whatever reason, that time I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and like save some money and see if I can find the manufacturer direct because I had bought that first set from a Firestone and went and contacted American Eagle Wheel, which I don't know if you guys dealt with them back oh, in yeah. the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the OGs. Uh, yes. So American Eagle Wheel, Eagle 077s that were big on like the Staley Mustangs and Camaros and Grand Prix back in the day. Yep. And I I bought them and, or I'm sorry, I, I contacted the manufacturer. They said, we can't sell to like a guy. Um, so I call them back the next day. I'm like, hey, this is Steve from Firestone. I just lied and said I was from Firestone. <laughs> and then they, uh, they gave me pricing. And that like the idea was born where I'm like, holy crap, there's people selling these on eBay and I can buy them for 150 bucks cheaper total. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was a really exciting moment. I couldn't sleep like I just knew that it was going to be more so than anything I'd ever done in my life. Like I knew that that was going to be successful and then I can make a business out of it. And just through a lot of hard work um, and getting as many brands listed as possible, we just went kind of ham on eBay. And the goal was to to. Well, I did have to establish the relationship with that manufacturer, which eventually I did get some business paperwork within the first week or two, set it up, and uh, and I was selling product right away. So from then, it was just, I want to get as many brands as possible. Yeah. And be able to, the more brands I have, the more I'm going to sell. For sure. My dog my dog is snoring next to me. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, just just as excited as you were when you found out that there was a market to supply aftermarket wheels. So when I found out that I could buy direct through SD Wheel while still using kind of the custom offsets platform, I was pumped. I was so stoked because what I usually do, um, it takes a lot of the legwork, a lot of communication between me and the customer out of the equation. I basically just... Um, because picking out wheels is a big deal because yeah. it's a lot of money and it really affects the the end look of your vehicle. So it makes my life so much easier when I just say I, I plug in the vehicle specs. I text them a link. I was like, you help me out by picking out a wheel, even a few wheel, a, a few wheel styles that you like, you may want to see on your truck or car and then get back to me and we'll kind of finalize the decision. So like when I found out that I can, a use that platform and then buy direct through SD wheel. Dude, it, it was a game changer. I'll say that. Yeah, and it's funny how many shops actually use like like we got we get hit from so many shops that just use our platform to help determine fitment. Absolutely. And the, just the amount of people that just use our gallery but don't end up buying is is insane. And that's that's a big differentiator for us is um and, and you know like again we started just on eBay and then it, it turned out where we, we built more and more brands along the way, Mr. Wheel Deal, Custom Offsets, then came Fitment Industry, Elite's Wheels. And uh, and we just got smarter. We we knew that gallery was key. Like there was no site that had some huge Fitment database. Mm-hmm. And so we've things like that have really been the differentiator to get people into the website. And then once they're in there and they realize we have awesome tools, they're like, well, I'm here. I might as well buy this package. It's, it's one click. 
mm-hmm. that I can hit to get the same setup. And and then we use a lot of that logic that the gallery builds to help determine what fits when they do just go search the year making model and then what ends up displaying on the site uses a lot of input from users that have bought and told us that this rubbed or this didn't rub. So it's it's pretty neat. And that's yeah. that's a big part of what sets us apart is all that intelligence that we have built into the site. It totally just streamlines the process 100%, which is huge. So mm-hmm. obviously, there's only so many hours in a day. So when you can get that customer, when you can make a decision with a customer and it takes you, I don't know, five less texts, two less phone calls to get to that point, well, it's, it's, a, it's a time saver. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So sure. yeah, yeah. Same thing. If someone's looking for wheels, I just say, go to the site. Yep. yep. It's a friend or family. I'm like, just send me a link and I'll get you a good deal. Yeah. It's them to go do it than to me to send them some styles that's exactly what i do too it's it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah you know and, and it's nice to see that somebody that wasn't just looking to start a business just to you know it's like or they were handed money and they were like oh let's just start this wheel company and and kind of go for it like you're an actual car guy i, I believe that like you you are i mean this you didn't just get into it because of the you seen a uh, a market that you can make some extra money. You actually got into it because you are a car guy, and that I think I have even more respect for you just because of that reason that that you did it because you have a love and a passion for it. You weren't just looking to make a dollar and and to you know start a business. You you wanted to start something because of a passion and love that you have. Started out with because you like cool stuff and cool cars and, and changing something to make it more personal and more yours, making it unique. Yeah. And I, th- I think that translates into everybody's business. Like I've met a lot of business owners along the way and I've met guys that are accountants that just like kind of what you said, where you, you realize that it can just make money, but like you're not passionate about it. And and you can see that in their work where they're, it's very cookie cutter what they do. They're isolated into one area, but like we're all enthusiasts. Um, we hire people that are enthusiasts. You go and see our parking lot. There's there's a hundred cars out there, and eighty of them are aftermarket modified lifted trucks or lowered nice. cars that are slammed, cambered, and it's just really neat because yeah. it looks like you're at a car show, but you're just at our warehouse mm-hmm. or you're at our, our marketing facility, and uh, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, people, I think people take lead from owners and what mission that we have, and then you've got you know customer service people and, and warehouse people that are really passionate about what they do, mm-hmm. and but yeah, I've, I've been. I've been turning wrench like I had to turn a wrench like I had I had piece of crap cars when I was young and there's no way I can go pay a shop four or five hundred bucks to fix a heater core so I had to and we didn't have YouTube back in the day so like <laughs> I had to the Shilton's manual which yeah. were really difficult to work with and figure out how to pull my dash out on my '87 mm-hmm. IROC um, and then fix all that crap and and you just have to you just kind of teach yourself and then you also get more and more into cars like I, at one point I wanted to go to Southern Illinois university and be a mechanic um, early in high school. That was kind of my goal, but, um, but things changed a little bit from there. Well, thank God it did. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that says a lot. Um, when you have a passion, that's what leads to successful companies. When you have a passion, just not because it's lucrative, but you have a passion for, um, passion for, the, for, what you do, yeah. for the sole purpose of your business, mm-hmm. you know, supplying yeah. people with the wheels or whatever aftermarket accessories that, I mean, that's what, you know, what is elevate that level of success within your company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, we see a different level of motivation for people that, or, or that, that aren't connected as well with the product. They just, they just don't understand the market segment. Like we understand our customer and people that are not really connected or automotive enthusiasts have a hard time understanding the customer base. Mm-hmm. That's it, the most important. Right. And, you know, I was doing a little bit of background, um, 
check on you. And, and you, I mean, you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth by any means. I mean, you, you really had to work your tail off to just, to just get somewhere in life in general. I mean, you didn't, you didn't have a lot of money. You didn't come from a lot of money. You, you know, you, you kind of worked your tail off just, just to get, you know, I guess it just in life in general. I mean, I, I was, I was listening to some of your previous podcasts you, you did with other um, people and, and they talked about, you know, that I know you used to work at McDonald's, you used to work, I think at a deli place making sandwiches, yeah. if I remember right. Uh, yeah. You used to work on, on pedal bikes and garages just to earn yeah. some extra money that you could even just afford uh, parts or I believe like even just to go on field trips or just to do personal stuff just because you didn't, you didn't come from a lot of money. And the fact that, you know, you, you ever, you learned what it meant to appreciate what you have and that you didn't come from nothing, but you took that, you know, it's like, well, I can, I can stay where I'm at or I can, I can take that challenge and, and, and be like, well, you never know unless you try. And you took took something. Yeah. You took nothing to something and, you know, it's again, like, man, I, I just, I appreciate a lot of that. And it, it's, it, it shows too, like you got to have a work ethic and you got to have a passion for it to make it work. Beans that you did not come from tons of money or somebody helped you out or you were just able to go and borrow money to make this happen. I mean, you made that happen. It was your sweat and tears. It, it was your hard work. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't understand the grind because YouTube jades people so much that they can get money quick and, I'm, I'm sure there is that one in 10,000 opportunity where you could whip up something and, and earn financial success within a year. But, but the vast majority of the, the 9,999 people, like they have to work and grind it out for five, 10 plus years before they're making a real, a real living or before they can achieve some wealth. And, and like, uh, I'm still pretty young, but I've, I've been doing this now for 20 years. So like, I didn't get my cars. I didn't get my home overnight. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's been the product of a lot, a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice with family, friends. And, uh, and I think I've already worked a lifetime of hours at age. I'm, I'll be 40 this August. And I, I've probably worked as much as your average guy that's 65 and ready to retire at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it takes. So, and anybody knows if yes. when you're a business owner, I mean, it's not an eight to five Monday through Friday job. I mean, it's, it's with you 24 seven, 365. It's always on your mind. It's always in the back of your mind. It's, it's, it's a priority and you have to make it a priority if you want to make it successful and, and, and something in along that way. And I'm sure you, you can admit that there's some hardships. There's some, there's some family, probably hardships. There's, there's a lot of ups and downs, but you know, when you have that goal in the back of your mind and you got that, you know, it's like you want to reach, reach for that accomplishment takes a lot of hard work. Yep. Yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. No doubt in my mind that, that, that is the case. And like, and, and it takes a, if you're married, if you have kids, like it takes mm-hmm. a supportive and understanding partner. And my, my wife knew that, I mean, obviously my wife and the kids come first, but like the business has to come first. If it is a, yep. if it's life or death, yes, family yes. comes first, but like everything else. It's like the business has to come first. Like there's a lot of people relying on me for income. We're relying on my income. Um, and there is an end goal, right? Like at some point I would like to sell a portion of the business, like lay low a little bit. Um, and I always have to be doing something, but like, um, but I think it's refreshing for my wife and me to know that there is an end goal because like, I'm, 
I feel the burn after all of this. And, Mm -hmm. and I just got really heavily involved in frontline stuff. And because I had stepped away for about a year and a half and, and then I slowly got myself back into the company and now I'm like doing really frontline trench stuff. And I, and I actually love doing the, the trench level stuff the most, I think. Um, but I can't, I can't be doing all of that. And and I'm back to like 80 hour weeks. Like I can't be doing that again. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not wired the same to, to do that. Um, so I know that there's an end goal and, and that's kind of what I'm working on now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you deserve it. I mean, like I said, you, you, you built something, you put your time in, it's, it's time to make that transition. Yeah, for sure. So you, uh, mentioned your car collection there. So, um, I wasn't up to date on my podcast schedule. And so I just found out yesterday that we're doing the podcast with you. I was sure. like, Oh, Steve Hamilton, that's, that rings the bell. Well, I just watched the, the, um, the C boys YouTube video where they came yeah. in and you let them essentially just handed them the keys and they just picked. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is unreal. Like, and then I got to see your, your full collection. So those cars are badass, but you did mention you have an IROC. So do you still have, what is it? A G body? Those are G body cars, right? F body. F body. You still have an uh, F body? No, I, no, I had an IROC. So like you're trying to relive, like there's been a lot of cars where I've tried to relive what I had and you get them and you're like, this is fun, but I've got all these other cars. Like, I just don't want to go drive an 87 IROC when I have a a 2006 Ford GT or a, or a Bugatti Chiron. Like it just sat in my garage (laughs) and never got driven. So I'm like, I just got to sell it. But I did, I did go buy another one. Okay. And and it was fun a little bit with T tops. And it was the one I always wanted the black on black with T tops, 350 um, automatic transmission because manual is just kind of, some cars are really good for manual, but I didn't want a manual Camaro. I thought maybe um, you had like uh like a like the Detroit Speed has their DSEZ. I thought maybe you had a, a trick high revving LS with well he's got a sixty you got touring suspension and I thought maybe you had yeah. a an F body like that mm-hmm. but but you do yeah, have you still have your sixty seven Chevelle don't you yeah and I've had that one for like fifteen years but what I found like I love vibe cars I love like I have my eighty seven Countach I have an eighty three Cadillac yeah. limo I have an eighty nine Lincoln Town Car limo a ninety one Tesla cars. and so like I started modifying them, but like I I it's not a good move. I love modifying my new stuff, like throwing an exhaust on a P1 where it's shooting fire. That's fun. Yeah. But like <laughs> I threw an LS motor in my Cadillac and I'm like, God, it, it changed the vibe. It had a 250 inch V8 that was 135 horsepower, but that was part of the vibe. Like I'm driving this thing. It is slow. It could break down at any time. It has super old technology. <laughs> and like I didn't realize how much I actually loved that feeling until you throw that an LS part of it. Motor. Yeah, this thing's yeah, it's it's like no fun anymore. It doesn't have yeah. that risk factor. We um we got a pretty <laughs> badass Cadillac we're working on right now, '67 Eldorado. Um, it's oh. got the 429 two door. Um, I think awesome. it was just a two year run of that Eldorado, and it's very unique styling. Just floats down the road, and um, we actually just put a big system in it, and um, the car's just cool. I mean, you feel like De Niro, you know, yeah. driving that I thing, and Mm-hmm. I want to build something like you guys saw the new Batman, right? And how they use the old, like some kind of Chrysler chest. Did you guys see the, the new Batmobile? Yeah. It's like an old late sixties. It looks almost like a charger that they went and made look like a Mad Max. Right. Oh, nice. Yep. Like, I want to build something that's just wacky. Mad off Max. the wall. Yeah. That'll, that'll happen eventually. But every time I send a car to get, to get built and maybe you guys are the ones that should be doing it. But like, I've got an M five that, that I sent to a guy in Arizona 
in like July and he, he was going to try to have it done by SEMA and the car's a hack job. It's like, it's supposed to be oh, wide body no. lowered, had a, the V10 um, S85, I think motor from the, yeah. the E60 M5. Yeah. The motor's out. There's no parts installed. He's, he's just cut the fenders and I'm like, and he's gone silent and then like, I can't oh, no. find, it's so hard to find a good, reliable shop that mm-hmm. does work. And we've dealt with, we do have some good shops locally that do great repair, like, but a fab shop is so hard to find. Even the guys that you pay big money to, it's just so effing hard to find mm-hmm. someone that is reliable and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being, you know, I think you can probably vouch for this too, but being on this side of the desk when, yeah. you know, when you're the owner and you hear things like that, you're, you're just kind of like, yeah, it's, there's people that give us bad names and you do, you try really hard to get, to get that business in the door. But what sucks is now you, you know, making that comment, it's, it's like you're, you're kind of hesitant even to give the next guy a shot. Cause it's like, there's so many, you know, people out there that say that they can do stuff and they, and they can't, or they take your money and run or, you know, and it just, it gives the people that are upfront, honest, kind of bad name and a bad vibe. But if you ever get something and you want something done, Man, it'd be an honor to work on it. That would be, yeah, yeah. And another, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I know you guys do great work, and there are shops out there that do great work. And like, there are guys like I, I just had, um, and I'm not throwing them under the bus because actually Ben's great. There's a place called mm-hmm. Hackman Fabrication out here, and he did a fully custom exhaust for my 918. And so, my exhaust broke slightly, but here's why he is still a G. Um, he so. A lot of it is is how you handle in a time of crisis, and that's where a lot of shops fall apart. Like, yeah, absolutely, things, yeah. Like he built a one-off, fully custom titanium exhaust for my for my nine eighteen, and and uh, Bowden House did one around the same time, but there's really no blueprint for what he did. And so my O2 sensors, it got a little bit weak, and it was actually the catalytic converters that he used that weren't his. He welded them into there, and the cat the walls were too thin, basically. And so I had my O2 sensors cracking off, and and that can create fires or issues. Oh yeah more hot exhaust is blown up, but we caught it right away. We sent it. He like, he got right on it. Like he, he sends me even before when he was originally building the exhaust, I got a daily video of what he did, a full explanation. I even got a daily bill. Like this guy was over the top actually, where I'm getting a, a bill of all of his labor that he's reconciling every day. And I'm like, I'm like, now that's, that's really good communication. And then as soon as the issue happened, he's getting it right and explaining what happened, how he's going to fix it. Like that's, that's why I'll keep going to this guy, even mm-hmm. though there was an issue, like he fixed it. He identified it. He got it right in and out. So mm-hmm. he's, he's been a really good partner for exhaust and fabrication like that. But then you have people that take like my Chevelle took three years to get done. I'd show up three months later, the guy got nothing done. So I know there's plenty yeah. of good guys out there. It's just really hard to find. Yeah. It's really hard to find someone. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, I agree to what you're saying and that's even like if what would, what we do with a lot of our stuff is we push communication. We tell our customers, yeah you know, please stop down. Don't, don't make it an everyday occurrence, but yes, yeah. stop down, see your project. This is your baby. This is your dream. This is your, your investment. Absolutely come down and check it out. And every time we do it, we always have pictures. We have, you know, Rob's really good. He has detailed, you know, description on the, on the invoices. He, he, after we show them and we give them a tour around their project that we're doing, then, then we take yeah. them up front we, we explain, we go through if there's any questions, if, and it's like, we show them the pictures that we've done and man, that communication goes so far and it, yes, it's got so agreed. much value. Yep. So, yeah, one yeah, no, second, 100%, 100%. one second, Steve. Yep. 
Um, our camera is going to time out. We're going to switch it over and then keep going. Okay. So, so, there you go. Yeah, Are we good? Yeah, okay, we're good. Okay. But uh, no, I mean, and maybe you took the same approach when you started your company. I, um, and as you know, sales is part of my, my job, my job role. Um, I like to put myself in the customer's shoes. They're spending, you know, our median build um, amount is you know, six digits, hundred grand. So that's a lot of money and it's a lot of their hard earned money. And a lot of times people have been saving 15, 20 years um, for yeah. this project to be done and they're trusting us to, to get it done. So like I always try to be on both sides of the desk and like make sure that the customer is, is um, seeing exactly how their money is being, you know, accounted for and used and stuff like that. So um, I always yeah. try to see um, if put myself in the customer's shoes. So, yeah. No, that makes sense. That's that's us. And we've all made mistakes along the way. There are some mm-hmm. things that I regret doing that I did wrong along the way. But, but you're right. At the end of the day, communication is number one. Like, it, sure. it, even if even if there are mistakes made along the way, as long as you communicate it and you're honest and upfront, then mm-hmm. then you've probably got a customer for life there. Yeah, absolutely. So sure. getting getting back to to your uh, your wheel uh, SD wheel. Yeah. So you started out basically, you know, slinging wheels. Um. I've done it all. Yeah. I wore every yeah. Like, you, you grew from that to like over a hundred thousand square foot building and you have like what, like a hundred, hundred some employees and we have, um, 500 employees. Oh, geez. Oh, okay. 330,000 square foot facility in Wisconsin at 200,000 square foot facility in Batavia. So over a half, over a half million square, square feet. feet. Wow. Jesus. Um, wow. Because we operate under so many brands, people don't really realize the enormity of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're mountain balancing and assembling over 3,000 wheels and tires a day out of our building. Jeez, so it's, it's literally you like a moving. Yeah. That's so insane. Yeah. I want to ask, cause there's a lot of times where I'm selecting a set of wheels and I'm scrolling through your brand list. How many brands do you have? It's gotta be well over 200. Yeah. It's about 300 wheel and tire brands. And Unreal. Like, yeah. I, I looked for a 35, 12 and a half, 50, 20 tire and we had 35 different options. It was nice. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And that's, that's a, like our, our catalog is huge. And, and those 35 were actually in stock in our building and, and we only stock them if we're selling them. So that means that we have that many successful and good SKUs. It's, it's kind of nuts, the variety. Well, nice. it's just, it goes all back to you taking care of that customer. Say a customer, for instance, tries to buy a tire from someone else and they didn't have it, but they were able to find the tire or whatever, whatever rim wheel setup they wanted to with you. Well, a good yeah. chance means they, they, they got that good feeling of, Hey, you, you had the stuff they wanted. They're probably going to buy again for you because they got yep. a, a good feeling from it. Yep. And I wish the purchase window was more often, but like a wheel and tire purchase is usually at once every year or two. So we're trying to get more into the performance sector. And that's, sure. that's a huge growth strategy because People buy a lot more. There's a much wider range of, of performance, right? There's there's and then accessories. There's exhaust, winches, side right. steps. Well, it's um, just that much more you can offer for that car, yeah. Exactly. And we already have, you know, two hundred thousand plus site visits every single day across custom offsets and fitment entries alone. So why don't we capture all those people that are already enthusiasts and looking to upgrade? So that's that's a big growth strategy is continuing to to do performance and accessories and yeah. Um yeah. Nice. I think, that's um, awesome. Obviously, you got a team of 500 people, and um, I got to give a little shout out to um, to Andrew, my sales rep that I work closely with, and nothing but high praise for that guy. Um, yeah, he, he knows his stuff. 
Um, but so this is for instance, so I had a, a customer who was a little bit unruly, but we did a lift kit in his 05 Mustang and, um, he wanted to run 22s, um, just kind of like that donk look, not maybe full donk, but sure. I was like, you know, generally, you know, if it was a six inch lift on a, on a, on a new Silverado, I, I, I know exactly what I need to get. But so I was like, Andrew, pick me up here, man. I, I need, I need some help. So he, he nailed it and yeah. he got me set up with, um, a set of 22s. And the biggest thing was I needed to jump up about an inch and a half in tire diameter. And I just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the, the metric factor of, of, of tires. And, and yeah. he, I think it was like a 10 minute phone call and we got everything on its way. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we, I've got, I have my sales team helping me with like precision fitment. And, and I know it sounds silly to, to say that I'm shopping for wheels for like a Bugatti Veyron, but I, I just did that. And I'm like, you have, you have millimeters of variance for sure. Right? Yeah. Before it's up. And like, and you'd be like, if we don't know it, then, then our team will go and call the manufacturer, the person that's going to forge it. And like, we'll get you and like, and, and 95% of the stuff I'm ordering fits on the first bolt on. So like, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into it that, that you might not see behind the scenes where our team is working really hard to make sure that that stuff fits. And you no, get it right there, there is, I completely understand how much, um, man, it's yeah, just been through it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I first started working for Travis, I would get nervous, even on like the simple wheel setups, I would get nervous. Like, man, I hope this fits, you know, like <laughs> that's why there's a big barrier of, of entry. Like we, we've talked to a lot of people that do performance parts and like these there's, and we see this as we're cataloging performance parts. There's very different school, like functionality in the technology with parts. It's like the manufacturer tells you the year make model with wheels. We have to actually, we have to select the year make model. We will use our logic to say this bolt pattern this offset, this width fits these vehicles. So it's really hard to build a website around wheels and, and people don't know how to service them to answer questions. Um, when you get an exhaust for a, a Corvette, like it's easy. The manufacturer says this fits all C8 Corvettes. Like, mm-hmm. and I can just tell them that it fits, but with wheels, it's, you don't get that. You don't, you don't get that from the manufacturer. You don't get that this fits all Chevy 59 trucks. Like we have to figure that out. Yeah, it's not as, not yeah. as cut and dry as a guy would think. Anything that adds bar- a, bar- a high barrier of entry into the industry is, is good for us. So, oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, kind of eliminates the posers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> true. So, I, I I do know that I'm going to be in the process. I have an '84 Blazer that I'm going to be building a uh, Ford Link, kind of like a Baja uh, truck, but it's going to be just a Highway King, you know, just something that we'll drive around town, but I want it to get rid of the leaf springs and just have that, that four link, that, that comfort, you know, those things rode like garbage and, you know, they, there was no ride quality whatsoever. And, uh, I know I, I want to do something like 22 or 24 with 38s or forties. And I want that just wide custom offset. So when I'm ready, uh, I'm definitely going to be hitting you up and, and picking something that just going to be in your face just yeah. different that you don't see on a, on a case style at all that, you know, it's just going to be just something unique and just yeah. one off. Yeah. One of my wife's first, uh, my, one of her first vehicles was a 94 full size blazer, which I think for some period they called like the Tahoe, but it was mm-hmm. the two door. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was such, a, it was white with red cloth interior. It was just such a cool vehicle. Sick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
always have a special place in my heart. And then she put, oh no, wait, we never did put 20s. I was trying to talk her into putting 20 inch wheels. This was way back in like 0102, but that never happened. Yeah, back when, yeah. if you had 20s, you were something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah absolutely. So any, any future, like what's your goals now moving forward other than, you know, you were talking before, like you're slowly, you know, just, just kind of po- removing yourself on a yes. timely, successful matter. Not, not nothing horrible, but just like in a professional, timely matter, stepping out. But other than that, like, is there, like, what goals do you have for SD or, I mean, are you, do you want to open up more locations? Like what? Yeah, so, so like for me, I know I'll be very actively involved for at least a year or two. Like there's no, and my goal is to sell like 60%. Like I always want to be involved in the company, just mm-hmm. not as extensively as I am right now. Um, but I'm never content with kind of where we are in the last year has been challenging in the automotive um, more the more the retail sales in e-com. Um, I mean, all the, even though the employment sector is strong, like all the layoffs you see are e-com. It's like Facebook, Google, like Facebook just launched law, discuss another 11,000 people that they're going to lay off. And fortunately the service sector and other sectors really need people. So I think that people don't realize how tough it has been in the e-com sector because mm-hmm. all of the data shows that, well, unemployment's the lowest that it's ever been, but like it's, it, it's been a very challenging year, year and a half. And that's part of the reason why I got back fully involved. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we have been, we had a thousand employees actually at the beginning of last year and we were planning for growth among other things. And like growth didn't happen for the first time ever. We had always grown 35 to 50 to 50% wow. like clockwork since I started at no three. And then that was 22 started out and we're like, Oh crap. Like we're flat. Like mm-hmm. we hired for 50% growth. We were already overstaffed <clears throat> at that time, even if we didn't grow at all. So we had to freeze hiring. We had to do a lot to help bring costs down so that we would survive. And fortunately it never got to a point where we're like, Oh gosh, we're not going to be able to like pay the bills because we reacted pretty pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw some of our suppliers that you know one of one of our most and I don't want to throw them under the bus, but like the biggest name in the wheel supply business released public results that they were down Q four seventy percent year over year. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's like stocking planning. Everybody was like riding the COVID wave that that where people were really buying and and then all of a sudden like growth doesn't happen. So that, that created a lot of stress in life when you realize that, you know, your company is not bulletproof. Mm -hmm. Um, Like stuff can happen. Recessions can happen, even though they didn't impact me in the late uh, 2008, 2009 had no impact on us. Like now we're big enough where it's impactful. So, so we've spent the last year stabilizing. We kind of got rid of growth projects and we had always, it's always exciting launching a new brand, launching a new website, but there was none of that that happened last year. Now we've really stabilized, reduced costs, um, we're still kind of flat this year in uh, in unit count, but but part of that's because we stopped all growth initiatives. So now it's let's get past peak season, which you guys already know is is your tax season, right? Yep. Like February, mm-hmm. March, April, and then it starts tapering off in May. Yep. Let's get into May and let's start getting these growth projects. So maybe it's building a new tire line. We started a tire line, but we paused. Like I would love to go build a mud tire, an all-terrain tire. Um, building your own brand of product is the highest margin, best value adder to your company versus selling other people's products. So that could be a goal. We might launch like a fighter wheel brand. Um, maybe, some, you know, there's, there's plenty of other things where it's like, Hey, this is a new idea, new concept. So I want to get that stuff. Like that's, that's what excites me. That's what excites the team. 
the most is, is seeing us really invest in our growth. Mm-hmm. Um, while I'm doing that, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to minimize all the other stuff in life. Like I have pet supplies plus stores. I have an Arby's. I have properties. I have sold most of my properties and, and I timed it really well because it was kind of peak value mid late last year. And that's when I sold the majority of them. Um, I'm, I have my pet supplies plus stores under contract to sell. Like I, I feel like I have enough accumulated kind of money to live. Maybe not like as comfortable as I am now, but like, even if crap hits the fans, I'm, I'm probably okay. So I'm, I'm trying to keep that mindset and get rid of all the other noise in my mm-hmm. life because it adds stress having 60 tenants. It adds stress having seven pets by store store. What happens if leave? Yeah. What happens if my manager leaves? Mm-hmm. I don't know these stores. Um, so I don't want any, no more stresses in my life. I'm trying to <laughs> get it to the wheel business and that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. So you were talking about, I know we're kind of running low on time here, but I know you're talking about um, launching a tire brand. So um, I've always kind of felt like, so obviously there's um, Toyo and Italy Falcon, but they don't go into those big wide wheels. I know. And I always was hesitant of buying, certain brands of like anything yeah. above like a 1350, like even like a 26, 1350. Um, I know I'm only going to run furious. I just feel like they're kind of the, the top tire out for that particular size. So are you kind of looking to segment into that top tier kind of really wide, really big tire brand, like make like just become like the toil of probably not, probably no. not the toil. Yeah, Toyo and Nitto are, are really great tires, a lot of which are made right here in the USA. They've never been able to produce what their true demand is. Um, and but they are I, I would say like we live in like the the tier two. If you can make a tier two real successful, like typically you move more volume as you get cheaper. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you, can, if you can find that perfect marriage like Apple where they have an iPhone, that is that is an expensive device, but they sell a lot. That, that's such a rare thing to do to have top tier high right. volume. Okay. So we try to live in like that, that tier two, maybe that low tier two sure. um, where, where it's just affordable, but, but it's, it's ex- expensive enough where it, it's quality. It doesn't look like a generic brand at all. Right. Like, and fuel kind of plays in that territory where fuel is, fuel is kind of mid, maybe even high mid, mm-hmm. but they're definitely not top tier. Like BMF back in the day was a top tier. Right. Sure. Forge stuff was American Forest is, is your top tier stuff. Um, so if you can find that where you have good margin, but you can really make it popular, like, and so that's kind of what we want to do with tires and sure. some, and doing some of that is, is by being niche and, and differentiating yourself. And I think fury came out with a bunch of really big diameter sizes really early. And, and that's how they were able to probably like, I would, I would bet their price when they first came to market was a lot higher yeah. and they were still probably doing well because they were the only guys, but then eventually people learn and catch on. And but they, they kind of diversified that. within that segment to where, the cost could drop across the board on each one of their, their tire sizes. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. So, so it's, it's probably finding where there's, where there's a gap and RT has been a huge successful run for the Nitto Ridge grab for the Toyota. Oh, yeah. RT. Everybody's coming out with the hybrid yep. mud tire. Like Nitto's mud grappler is dead. And it's crazy because that was such a big tire for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with this RT that performed well, got good rating. So it's, it's probably finding something like that in common, but a few niche sizes like with Archon, our wheel brand that's our best wheel line and badass uh, wheels by the way <laughs> thank you yeah and uh and it's how do you differentiate and we're like well we're gonna just do big diameter big width we don't make anything thinner than 10 inches wide um which is pretty uncommon for a wheel brand but then we did the directional thing where nobody one piece cast does a left and a right skew 
but we do it on all of our Archon and even our Anovia, our car line, so you can properly have the wheels face. And that was our big push. We trademarked it. We made sure that people knew, like, if it's not proper directional, like, it's a problem. And, and then we saw the industry start doing a little bit of that, too, and getting insecurity around their uh, their improper directional wheels. We trademarked the term proper directional. Um, so it's that's yeah. what it's all about, just putting a small spin yeah. on something branding it i always felt like archon was the kind of were unique as a wheel brand i've had my eyes on archons since you guys launched them i've always felt like they just they weren't just another wheel brand they weren't just some other generic wheel brand just pumping out cast wheels archons they just stood out just a little bit not too much but then just a little bit yeah yep and that's the goal you like i'll have they'll have designs and and i look at a lot of the designs and and have a pretty big say in, in approving it, that. And I'll be like, sometimes a really bold design will do really well. The XD Rockstar was a an ugly five spoke wheel, but that might be the best selling wheel in oh, history. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, occasionally you'll get that, but but by and large, like, you need to do the same thing with your designs. You need to take something that's already exists, twist it, make it different, but but still make a conforming wheel because nobody wants a crazy funky looking wheel. If you look at our top twenty sellers, they're all pretty. Not bread. Post, they're not like plain chain, but they're, yeah. they're basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like, like, like um, yeah. fuel with the Maverick wheel. I feel like that's fuel has probably ran that wheel for probably all of ten years now. I feel like that's a timeless design from fuel. It's like one of my favorite wheels, and it looks good on about everything. So, yeah, and the Moto Nine Sixty Two, Moto Nine Seventy, like you got those on your truck. Yeah, yeah. 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 spoke <laughs> wheels, but they put like a sharp point on yeah. one of the spokes. They flared out a little bit. Like it's it's taking subtle tweaks. It's and, timeless. Yeah, it'll look good on even these new body style trucks that look kind of ugly, but they kind of just yes. they, they make them make them look good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think we're about running out of time, and I think we only yeah. have you for a couple more minutes here, Steve, but. You know, I again, I, I want to thank you for, you know, giving us this opportunity to, um, you know, interview you and, and you know, speak to you and, and listen to some of your stories and your accomplishments. You know, it's pretty cool. And um, maybe hopefully someday we can head that way and maybe get a ride in some of those cars or something. <laughs> at, yeah, least check yeah. out, at least check out the gallery at least. Yeah. Where's, <laughs> yeah. where's that particular one at? Um, where is that? Like, where do I store all the cars? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Naperville, Illinois, it's right okay. near major highways. Like it's, it's a great location. And that's where I have most of the wheel vendors come in and meet me just at my car headquarters. I've had two uh, distributors there in the last few days and you guys are welcome. And, and like, we're all about like the Hamilton collection is, is my, and we didn't really touch on that, but that's, that's kind of the collection that I've built in the social media channel that I've built yeah. around, around my collection. That's doing super well. And um, we're very thankful for that. But like the whole channel is, is like my wife and I make money from it. We donate it all. uh, And then we share the cars with the community, like even crazy influencers like Cody from Whistling Diesel, who's a maniac. I'm like, sure, go take my Bugatti, go do donuts, (laughs) go throw an egg at it, go throw a beanbag at it. Like it's Frankie LaPena, who's the dude with the big booty on TikTok. He just jumped my Pagani with a with a skateboard (laughs) and uh, like there's risk. But like I love it's for the greater good. Yes. I love the connections that we're making. Um, I love sharing the cars with with anybody that really wants to come in. We've let I probably have had 200 people drive my Bugatti Chiron. Like, feel free, feel free to come by and drive something and enjoy it. How oh. far away are you from Indianapolis? Uh, three three and a half hours. I'm heading down. I'm there for, meet you out there. Heading down there That's for the UCC. So 
I might uh, uh, might have to swing by your place too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be worth it. That's the closest Waffle House to me, and I'm a huge Waffle House guy. Okay. Um, so I might even meet you in Indianapolis, but it's more Perfect. fun to come see the full club. Yeah. Well, it's a win win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Waffles and cards. <laughs> Dude, can't beat that. <laughs> yes. That's uh, so special. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, we will, we will talk later about that, Steve. And again, I, I do want to uh, thank you. Uh, best of luck on your accomplishments. And yeah, keep um, killing it, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you got you our support 100%. Yeah. And, and awesome we appreciate, company. you know, everything. The, the 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 wheel company and and everything that you've you provided and and built man Thank it's been you. awesome thanks well same to you guys you guys have you guys have done some awesome builds you guys have been good partners for us so we thank you guys for everything yeah thanks Sounds steve good. have a good day yep all right guys. Yep. Thanks. See ya. Yep. Bye. thanks for listening to unriveted radio also available on demand with the super talk 1270 mobile app download in the app store or google play today unriveted radio presented by dakota customs a full service custom garage on the strip in mandan